Welcome to Blitzed Pure Tour Nerdism Portugal World Tour event is a wrap and uh, what's it cooking? A full-blown cone-off for the men uh, mm. during those middle rounds and some fun, rippable, albeit you know windy conditions for the women, but classy for the finals. Uh, the Californian whiz kid, the Hamad meditator. Griffin Colapinto breaking through for his first CT win, mm. beating Brazilian beach break wizard Philippe Toledo at his own game. Expelleramus, backside and wackaroo, <laughs> blasterious. The wizard's going zap for zap. And the Cali kid got the nod, rocketed up the ratings 20 spots to seventh <laughs> after what was a pretty terrible start to the year. Mm. Beat Kelly, beat John John, beat Kalohe, and Philippe Toledo on his way to victory. Doesn't get much more sweet than that. Two of his mentors in Slater and uh, Chloe, a, uh, a Hawaiian Adonis in John, mm. and, uh, you know, basically the foremost beachy wizard in the world in Philippe. Great win for Griff. The time has come, Smithy. The time has come. We called it We called it a long time ago, mate. Like these guys who have hit the tour with big reps, lots of potential, getting on there, getting served up for a couple of years, you know, like you, you get on there, I think after you sort of, you blitz the QE or whatever, you know, every every generation has its guys who just seem to like breeze the queue. They don't grind it at all. They just go bang, they're on. Uh, they're young. You think they're just going to be world title contenders in the first couple of years, but Griff, Kanoa, Arkal, Ethan, these are all guys, Smithy, that we expected to step up this year and Griff, has done it, mate. He's put the fucking fire. What is it? The iron in the fire. He's pulled it out. And that poker is red hot, my friend. And you know where he's shoving it, Smith. He's shoving it right up the corn of those <laughs> alpha males who think they've had their run of the, for a long, long time. Especially getting Toledo in that final. Wow. Mm. Wow. wow. But, um, mate, order restored, really, in Portugal. Uh, the first two events were just so all over the joint, weren't they? We didn't know who was going to step up. We didn't know who was in control. Um, the wild cards, the upsets, uh, it all kind of disappeared in this one. The semis looked pretty much how, you know, you, you've, if you're a fantasy surf team guy or, or, or you like to have a bet uh, or whatever it is, you know, if you're just a fan of pro surfing, the semis were pretty much written as you'd expect to see them, minus, minus Gabby, uh, where, Griff would, uh, where Griff sort of slotted in there. Uh, we had Felipe, John John, Italo and, uh, and Griff in those semis, so... Huge pump and pits. Uh, I thought before we even got to the the final day, mate, I was like, is this going to be the greatest year of pro surfing for waves ever? Because mm. Sunset might not have been, you know, classic sort of West Peak all the way through to the bowl, but it was still cooking. Mm. And, um, yeah, pipe, obviously, incredible. And the only thing that sort of – bugged me out, mate, was why are we running these finals days in tiny waves, in, in these dying swells when, you know, a bit of wind never scared anyone, especially the top four uh, on the men's side. Like, those guys love wind, Smivy. They just, uh, you know, you think about the air game of all four surfers. They're not scared to get a bit of juice and have a bit of wind flying up the face at them. Oh, mm. mate, it's just ramp city. And I just feel like Matt Miola and Albie Leia, somewhere in the world, they were just tossing and turning, going, no, 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 they've called it off the day before the swell of the wind. Uh, so, yeah, a bit baffling that uh, two comps in a row run in kind of like probably the worst conditions of the event, Sunset and uh, in Portugal. But, you know, in the uh, big scheme of things, mate, pretty fucking psycho start to the year and awesome to see another new winner lifting the trophy and congrats also as well as we uh, look at the women's uh to tatiana there pretty amazing that Chris Moore is the only former world champion not to up uh, to have finaled this year uh, tyler wright and steph gilmore still yet to crack a shot at a win mm. Wow, yeah, an absolute masterstroke by the Wazzle heading to Portugal in the depths 
of the winter. And uh, it's really just set the tour up for what is shaping up, as you said, as one of the great years ever for waves. I mean, looking down the down the barrel now, bells and margs are, you know, bells in season, April, Ooh, yeah. never really lets you down. A late winter is, uh, sorry, a late Easter is just so good because bells, bells moves with Easter. So, um, yeah, uh, like getting that sort of deep into April, good signs for bells. Mm. And then Margs are, you know, hopefully we'll get a day at the box or at North Point. Um, you know, <laughs> the box fucking cones fest, baby. The right, you know, you know what it's going to produce. Mm. There'll be waves in that 6 to, to 10 to 12 to 15 foot range Ooh, potentially. Uh, and hopefully a couple of days at the box and then off to G-Land. Uh, so, yeah, just an incredible, incredible bit of administrative work there by the Wazzle. They've, they've created a, a really mental product for surf fans. Uh, I've been lapping it up. Those middle rounds at Portugal, they were amazing. That, that's almost as good as beach break waves get, like six to eight foot thick cones that look like off the wall and back door at times. Uh, and just absolute tube wizardry mm. on show. Uh, I think it was the Zeke Loud, John Heat in particular, just had some surreal barrel makes. Like the stuff, the place that tube riding has reached is mm. just so bizarre to me. Um, you know, guys are, are packing waves that fill up with foam there's almost no just space or room within the tube uh and they're just coming out like mm. totally baffling me i just can't even get a read on what's going on uh the kiowa belly slater heat which we'll get to in a bit that was an absolute stonker are mm. you kidding me mm. uh just going blow for blow cone for cone until they were just green in the face and, and like it, the beaches they provide a, a different element to the reefs when it comes to tube riding, doesn't it? Because both uh, Slater and Kayo, in the end, became undone from poor positioning. Mm. Uh, on a reef break, they would have just knifed it and, and flown out of those things. But just one metre too deep, one little shift on that sandbank, and all of a sudden your 10 turns into a fucking duck egg, my friend. <laughs> just a big fat zero with maybe a point one. You fucking Pratamo's feeling generous, which... He might be at the moment. And don't forget the cornhole rinsed with sand. Oh, oh, mate. Wow. Yeah, fair bit of chaffing going on in the old corn zone, my friend. But uh, remarkable too, Vaughan, to see that not a Brazilian winner yet so far in the men's. Mm. Uh, our three winners so far, a 50-year-old Floridian, <laughs> a 21-year-old little-known Hawaiian wildcard, and uh, now a Californian whiz kid. Griffin... He exploded onto the world tour with a bang. I think it was a final at uh, the Quicksilver Pro there, a cooking Kira. Uh, you know, and you thought, wow, you know, what what have we got on our hands here? He was the understudy to Joel Parkinson, uh, you know, on the Billabong team. Parko took him under his wing, you know, loved the kid. Um, and then, you know, he's continued to put together performances that – stream world title threat. You, you thought if he got into that top five at Trestles last year, he was going to be, uh, you know, a serious a serious force in that event. That's his home break. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, just a, a rocky start of the year. I mean, what do we see uh, looking into the crystal ball for Griff this year? Oh, well, I think uh, the fact that Kanoa's number one in the ratings probably get to that in a moment as well. But that's just all the motivation he needs. They're, they're, those two were, were just you know, the sluggers, the, the Gromit Hood sluggers over there in California. They just would have surfed a million heats against each other. And you see your, your number one rival start to, to fire up and you want a piece of that for mm. sure. So I think it'll be uh, Griff and Kanoa really starting to put pressure on what's been the established top five. I mean, um, last year, Connor Coffin and Morgs were the kind of uh, – they were the exception to the rule, weren't they? Mm. Getting into that into that sort of uh, finals day at at uh, the at Trestles, and I think, you know, full power to them. Amazing year, but it was cut short. It was uh, what four events counted in the end, so a bit of fortune there. You can kind of see the pressure that that Kanoa and Griff will be putting in because they would have watched that finals day, and it just would have made them turn, mate. They would have just been, you know, like Horchata's just left in the sun down there on the rocks, just. Basically, curdling at the sight of uh, Morgs and Connor, you know, surfing their home break for yeah. a world title, and it's it's full danger zone uh, with those two kids, you know, surfing the way they're surfing with the confidence they've got. And you even mentioned at the start, you know, the the mental space that Griff has given himself because he is a he's like Taj Burrow, he's a frother, he's an absolute grommet at heart, you know, he's 
He's so excitable. He's like every single thing gets to him. Um, like that, being able to have the wherewithal to give your brain a bit of space mm. is huge when you're that excitable. Mm-hmm. I think it, it worked for him. Even his post-eat interviews, man, he, he had a real level sort of he, – it was almost like he was reining it in, don't you reckon? He was trying to crack in the whip on himself. Don't get too excited, Griff. Keep it calm, man. Mm. Fully in. Not fully out, but fully in. Yeah, that calm space, it's underrated. Uh, you know, mm. it's so easy to to fill yourself with adrenaline and excitement, but that can so easily turn to negative emotion. Uh, whereas if you stay in that calm state, you know, it takes a lot of discipline to stay there, but uh, the benefits are, you know, you just think clearer in those moments of stress. The, the physiology is in better nick when the tough times come. Uh, interesting just to note, yeah, we talked a lot about the morgues effect and what that did to the Australian competitors last year. made everything seem a lot more possible mm. and attainable to see this guy you've gone up against your whole career out there, you know, just destroying the tour, uh, winning events in the top five come years and out of complete obscurity. And Kanari Garashi, you know, silver medalist at the Olympics, uh, you know. Probably uh, the most sour silver medal won at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he has. Mate, cre- they should have just draped fucking a lemon round his neck. <laughs> he could have just sucked on it for another. Oh, geez, he was bitter. But uh, yeah, it's mm. created that that kind of just that uh, proximity to greatness, that you know the attainability of it all. And I think you're right, Vaughn. I think that really does feed into the the confidence of your Griffins, your Kolohes. Um So yeah, it's just a, a bit of a bounce back for American surfing at the moment. I mean, Kanoa obviously representing Japan, but let's be real, like he's fully born and bred Huntington, uh, you know, Californian. Mm. Prodigy, for sure. Slater still in the mix. Uh, l- looking at the year coming up, wow! Like oh, I mean, yeah. the what he survived. Well, he hasn't survived the early events. I mean, they've all kind of fed into his uh, skill set. It's all been you know solid waves, uh, barreling waves, waves that have forced the the new school guys to you know rein in their kit bag and really fed into more pure surfing uh, attributes. And now we go to Bell's again, another. Purest wave, it's all going to be rail surfing there. Margs, uh, but the box potentially. Uh, again, like these are all waves that feed into Slater's skill set. Mm. Then we get to G Land, and uh, we know the goats form there. Mm. Quicksilver Pro winner. and uh, the, the only guy on tour who surfed in the last CT at G Land. That's, that's mind melting, mate. I think most of the Grom, most of the Groms on, in the top 10 weren't even born when he was surfing in that event. Wild. Wild. Uh, and then skipping over to the women's Hawaiian Brazilian Tatiana Westenweb taking out the event and she's rocketed 10 spots up the ratings to the fourth. She's behind American Lakey Peterson and mm. Hawaiian Carissa Moore in equal second. And Costa Rican Brisa Hennessy still holding down the lead and the leader's jersey heading into the Australian leg beginning April 10th. Born. What's your read on the women's? Can Breeza hold on? Can she become Costa Rica's first ever world champ? I would love to see it. I've got no uh, no beef with Breeza putting that power game to work. Uh, the tour definitely lends itself to, uh, you know, someone who can really bury rail and isn't scared to pack it. Um, yeah, I'd love to see Costa Rican world champ. I'd love just to see the stranglehold of, of the, the, you know, the Stephs, Tyler and Carissa's broken. Um, doesn't really matter who it is. I thought, you know, we, we mentioned it just at the top of the show there. Uh, the, the, the women, uh, who have dominated for so long are not having it their own way and watching them under pressure is really interesting, isn't it? Steph made a bit of a comeback semi-final in Portugal. Uh, if it's barreling, you know, she's the threat kind of almost starting to get into that goat combo, um, with Kelly, you know, like, uh, needs the perfect waves, needs to be motivated by, you know, like sort of conditions that will allow her to engage rail and find the tube. So this one played to that, but it's just so fascinating watching, you know, someone like Tatiana, for example, who is just pure mongrel, not my favorite style on tour, but I can't not be a fan of, you know, just the motherfucking steez she's got when she paddles out. She just wants to stick it right up the grill. And when the dominatrixes of women's surfing <laughs> – have cracked that been, been faced with a serious challenge. Like it's not like they know how to do the Kelly buzzer, buzzer beaters uh, or they don't rely on them that heavily. So it stands well for a Tatiana to have another crack at this world title. And I think after missing it by one turn last year, 
imagine the fuel that's given her because she mm. doesn't seem like the kind of person who's going to need, you know, uh, a year off to sort of deal with that loss. It feels like she's just channeled it straight into the start of this year. Didn't have the greatest start to the year either, though, Smith. And um, this is the kind of thing where she'll go, right, okay, game on. Here we go. And it was awesome, actually, to see Lakey Peterson back in the mix as well. She's just got... She's like uh, female Beshin. That's who she reminds me of. Her style's real swoopy. The arms kind of hang out like a couple of hangers. And she's just got a really cool, progressive sort of uh, SoCal style that's, that's you know, great to see. Hey. Let's get into both our, our winners' road to victory. Griffin, round one, he had Nat Young and Chloe and Dino in an all-Californian matchup and uh, got the win. The first of two times he beat Kolohe, his former mentor, in the event. That's got to sting. Ew. Oh, man. Kolohe, yeah. It's part of me was watching that comp and just sort of like, irky, mate. Irky for Kolohe because so many years on tour, came on with the same sort of probably louder noise than Griffin and then just had to cheer him up the beach. Probably he's not a very... Um, he, he, he takes, he rolls with the punches, Kaloha. He's not one to really dwell on that sort of stuff, but, mate, he's a human being. It had to sting. Mm, absolutely. Uh, we saw some interesting dynamics at play there in that reckless isolation boat trip to Indo, Griffin and Kaloha. You know, Kaloha, clearly the older guy, um, you know, still kind of, I remember uh, Griffin, you know, just had a terrible quiver of boards or so he thought and was desperate to, Borrow one off Chloe, and Chloe was like, nah, mate, you got to fucking snap all yours, and then I'll give you one. You know, that's the kind of dynamic. They're yeah. taking the piss. They're jabbing each other. Uh, there's a funny clip you'll see on uh, Griffin's Instagram of Chloe impersonating him after the win. You know, they're clearly close mates, but they're the ones that hurt even more, Ooh, aren't they, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, Chloe looked, looked the goods in this comp too. Uh, a couple of, like, sort of shaky heats, but when he was on, he looked so on, and um, I actually – thought he would he would maybe crack it at this one so um yeah i don't know that that dynamic is of being sort of the 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 older guy and you've got the young rom coming through and you know uh he's been over at your house for a cereal party and you know because they they keep it pretty wholesome those kids mm. oh, and nothing more wholesome than a bowl full of sugar to start the day followed by a <laughs> liter of coffee and seven monster Dude, have you got my lucky charms <laughs> Dude, you got some oxys to wash off this uh, sugar high. I'm tired and wired. I just but, can't sleep. Oh, just it's 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 a it's a radical thing when you have to face the fact that you're getting a bit older and there's an entire generation ready to just gobble you up. It's it's. Uh, I mean, I've I've been through it in my life, mate. Like we, it's weird, but you know, you see. Um, on on any level, it's not so much a competitive thing. It's not a jealousy thing. It's not anything to do with that. It's almost just a mirror held up to sort of your place in life and where you're at and, and your age. And, like, mm. whether that affects you or not, it it's, triggers something primal in you that you cannot deny. Mm. And I reckon that there was just that little bit, just that little bit of sting in Kaloha. It had to be there. It's often the way, isn't it, the younger brother supersedes the older brother. The older brother kind of blazes the trail and the younger brother's just there quietly taking notes, taking the abuse, taking the jabs, going, oh, yeah, mate, you're gone. Keep laughing. One day. Here we go. One day, you fucking bastard. And the next minute, slapping him down, dominating heats multiple times in an event. Uh, Moving on to round three, you had Judson Andre, Griffad Judson, and it was cooking. uh, Just a full-blown Orbula festival meat grinder to open. Uh, You got a six- I thought he got low-balled a bit. They were kind of throwing some low-ball scores. I guess they got to set the, the scale pretty low when the waves are that good. Um, but, yeah, he just absolutely stuffed his face in that one. Um, a six and then a, a big, thick, cannoning right for a seven-five and mm. an easy win. And, uh, yeah, fuck, it was just cooking for those, you know, round three, round four. Mm. Fucking absolutely pumping. Moves on to uh, the GOAT. In round four, um, Griff, yeah, opened that with a, a, a deep backside pit to a hack for 6.5 and uh, a seven for another backside pit under the GOAT's priority, beating the GOAT of his own game, sniffing around in rhythm, finding that rhythm. Um, yeah, and, and the GOAT left his run a bit late. Uh, he got a, I think he only kind of racked up his first score in the back half of the heat, uh, 6.7 for a a deep front side pit, and then he just found the full backdoor nugget right that would have been a 
perfect 10 pretty mm. much, but he was just too deep, not in position, as you said, Vaughan. Uh, it wasn't easy to position yourself out there. It's it's not an easy wave to surf. I mean, what are your observations of it? It's basically a, a giant close out of a beach with oh. a, a one little corner in the middle. And, uh, yeah. It, it's it's bizarre, that setup, mate. Uh, like, uh, you've been there and I've surfed it. And, it, like, to the left and to the right, there's nothing. And that beach stretches a long way, uh, you know, to the south. And there's just not a surfable bank on it. It just sort of peaks and wedges. I don't know if there's reefs out the back or sandbanks or channels or whatever it does, but yeah, it's it's bizarre and um, it moves around really quickly and it's super tight effect. Just reminds me of South Narrabeen. It's like exactly. I felt like I was watching the Southie Pro pretty much. I was waiting for Zahn Foxton and freaking Aussie to paddle out and have a heat. It was just uh, yeah, it's so trippy, super heavy. Um, yeah, and the goat did enough. I think we're going to have a, a big chat about him, but I was pretty impressed that Me you know, too. He, he got as deep as he did. He was only, yeah, a fraction, maybe two metres or not even, just from driving through that final little seggy on that one. Uh, I don't think he would be that bummed because I, th- I don't think he got out of the last round for the last six times he surfed in that comp. So, yeah, it's been a, a real thorn in his side, an Achilles heel, if you will, and uh, he got his little goat trotters over those little uh, – Cattle grates into fresh pastures, my friend. Moving on to the quarters, you had Kaloe again, two Californian beach break hi-fi wizards, uh, both with plenty of form in Portugal. It's been a happy hunting ground in the past for Kaloe. I remember that fucked up oh. go-go gadget cone oh. and Mondo alley-oop combo. Yeah. That one was... of the greats, one of the all-time great combos. Uh, and uh, But far out, man, Griff was just in flow. Uh Basically surfed the perfect heat, built a house with a couple of sevens at the start, gave him a solid lead, and then he just you know started throwing the kitchen sink at it with that lead, which yielded the first 10 ah. of the season. A big backside full rotation air reverse into the uh, pretty stiff air wind. Um, he covered serious distance both in height and in width. The freeze frame, the photo of that punt is mm. crazy. Mm. Like it, it, maybe watching the clip doesn't fully do it justice, especially on the walls where they had the drone angle where you couldn't really get a sense of the height of it. But uh, if you can track down a still of that punt, it's fucked up. Like <laughs> it's so big and crazy and looks so unlikely. Mm. You're like, what? He stuck that? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we wanted more tens from the Wazzle Vaughan, or well, you did to be more specific. You got one. Were you happy with it? Was it more impressive than uh, White oh, Chocolate's Pipe Stand Tall and Jiao Chunk's Nuts one? Great question, Smithy. Great question. I, for one, applaud the judges. And I'm going to throw out a word here for their bravery. Their bravery, mate. <laughs> wow. all right? It's a word that gets thrown around all too loosely in this day and age, Smithy. But after sitting on their hands for the entire duration of the pipe comp, <laughs> uh, what, the greatest pipe comp in history, possibly? Uh, and then, you know, the entire duration of sunset. Uh, to throw out a 10 for something that Phil Toledo and Italo Ferrer do nine times every time they paddle out. <laughs> Fuck, mate, come on. That took some serious courage, Smithy. <laughs> courage that hopefully we see a lot more of this season. And I think the judges should take a leaf out of Oprah Winfrey's book and just start throwing around. You get a 10. You get a 10. You get a 10. You get a 10. And, uh, yeah, mate, I just think it makes the whole show way more fun to watch. Look, it was a fucking crazy air, no doubt. But, you know, like... Uh, compared to Zhao Xianka, Geordie Smith, and even the GOAT's last little, you know, uh, guillotine fucking avoidance in that final. Whew, I don't know. I, I think that this might be because of the immense pressure that the Swellian Army have put on the Wazzle judges to start stepping up and throwing out a few perfect rides. As I said, Smithy, bravery to be applauded at the highest level, my friend. Pretty pissed week as well. Well said. Moving on to the semis, John, John, Florence, and uh, John just way out of rhythm in the soft lefts and rights in the semis. It, uh, yeah, the, 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 the swell deteriorated. It looked a bit soft and gutless. You know, the energy's on the on the way out from the big days prior. And, uh, I mean, if there's ever conditions you might get the better of John, it's in two to three foot, you know, soft beach break mm. conditions. And he, yeah, just never looked at home, bogged a few pretty regulation turns. Just little throwing cheese whizzes that never had a hope, you know, mm. just disconnecting from the board, the angle or weird. I've got a weird growing, like, uh, just a, a bit of an irky feeling with John John at the moment. So maybe it's been 
with me as I've been watching heats where he gets put under pressure and he's lost the buzzer beater. He, he just, when he really needs a score and he's, and he's sort of up against it, especially if the surf isn't flicking his butt bean, mm. he is, <laughs> he is just sort of incapable at the moment of doing the Kelly and the Curran and finding a way to win. Uh, in fact, it almost looks the opposite where the more pressure he gets heaped on him in these sort of like iffy conditions, he's just, it just goes missing for him. Uh, I don't know if I'm making this up, but the last year or so, I just feel like you're sitting there going, he needs a score, and I haven't been feeling confident in any way, shape, or form that he's going to get it. Whereas, you know, uh, I don't know who's doing that better than anyone. Probably Italo and, and Gabe. They're the two guys who you know that with one second to go, they've got it in them to get that score, and they probably will. But I just haven't seen that from John John, and it's a pretty massive kink in his armor, don't you think? Like, you get enough pressure on him early, and uh, this was, you know, obvious from way back when Zeke got under his rashy. It just kind of puts him off because he just he wants to be a purist. He wants to surf. But I know he's hyper-competitive, but that is something that needs to be fixed pretty quick because if that happens at Trestles, man, like, you know, it could be all over before it begins. It's such a good point because he's he's not in either camp, you know. Like you've got your Medinas and Italos who just surf on pure anger, mm. grit. You know they're powered by poverty and and just that Brazilian condition, uh, and that seems to it it, it can yield dividends because there's just so much desire in them that they won't be denied. John John's not that kind of creature, nor is he the goat uh, Griffin kind of prototype guys who are into their yoga and mindfulness and they've, you know, they're able to tap into a, a physiological and, and mental state that keeps them calm in moments of intense pressure and thinking clearly mm. and then which enables you to to see, you know, kinks in the ocean and basically react on intuition and, you know, go with your gut feeling. He's he's in between those two camps where, you know, I, as far as I know, he, he's not, you know, really taking great care of the mind. Uh, he, he's a purist. Purist is often another word for, you know, kind of trusting your your ego a bit too much. And I, I do wonder at the pointy end of those heats whether, you know, the 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 mental chatter starts to go up a few notches and. Uh, it's just noise that you don't need. And it, it really, I think it's a telling difference at the pointy end of contests and the pointy end of heats if your mind, your mental state is not in quality, Nick. And I wonder, mate, what that mental chatter would sound like in John John's head because he's such a cool, you know, uh, even kind of character despite those things that you're saying, you know, like uh, we don't see him doing the, the yoga and the mindfulness all that much. I mean, we know that he's training. We know he's got all that in him. Mm. But – is the conversation that goes on in his head, I mean, complete speculation, but is it like, oh, fuck this surf or, ah, this is just not happening or, mm. you know, or is it more like, um, uh, I, that's the only place my mind kind of goes, like kind of blaming the conditions or, or just because he, he knows he's got the ability. Mm. Like where's the disconnect between having the faith that, you're going to put it together in that last couple of seconds. Yeah, well, I guess the purists do fall into that, you know, blaming the conditions, uh, not being up for it. You know, we saw what happened to Dane Reynolds. He's a classic example of that. Just if, if it was the kinds of conditions he loved, uh, you know, mm. he'd fucking put on an absolute clinic of savagery. Mm. If it was anything but that, and even in those conditions, if he wasn't feeling it, he'd, he'd turn in poor numbers. Um, and John's definitely in that category. And, I mean, we – you talk about his mental state and him being calm and cool, but when you know, look at how he takes losses. You know, he'll take losses and straight up go out and self sabotage himself and rip mm. his knee off the off the hinge, try and backflips. Uh, and he, he has some strange mental kinks. Uh, you know, stuff that attempting maneuvers that uh, you know, low percentage, high injury rate. I don't know, man. It's it's a strange kind of uh, it's a strange mentality that he takes into competitive surfing. Mm. I'd have to say. I'll be so curious to see how he comes at Bells because he's well, when Bells is huge, like he's untouchable. Yeah, untouchable. Last start winner there, and, and Margie's these two open face heavy water walls. Mm, and mm. talking about that ocean intelligence, he'll be going down there just with I think you know a renewed focus and and time to sort of fire all the guns fire all six shooters at once because that's where he's going to start making a statement for this year. And I think, you know, obviously a momentum guy too. When he's on a roll, 
he's just uh, so fucking good. At the start of the year after that whole Hawaiian season, how unbeatable did he look? Mm. It just looked like there was based just purely on performance and no pressure. It looked like he was an, a different kind of surfer, eh? Like an alien. That's right. He didn't look like he was from planet Earth. That's right. And looking at the next two events coming up, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised to see him win both and just rock it straight into first place mm. on the ratings. Any long period wave, any wave of serious energy, he's a threat, especially on his forehand. Uh, you know, he won the last Bells Beach Classic in 2019, would you believe? Can't believe oh, that was the last event there. Yeah, Bells hasn't happened for donkeys. And uh, Margs, he's a former winner there. Just, you know, it's just something about long period energy and that front side power gouge, gaffing, flowing, fucking just patented meat hack that he's got. Uh, it's unbeatable. It is the best turn in world surfing, and uh, I expect him to be turning out at Bell's absolutely flaring, fizzing, vitzing, mate, vitzing. Hey. Uh, finally, back to Griffin's run. He come up against Philippe Toledo in the final, uh, and it was a tit-for-tat final, a quality final, a couple of lead changes. Griff uh, going in the back half was down, uh, you know, had plenty to do, but a backside combo got him into the lead. Uh, it, it deteriorated into a bit of a, a battle of the backside, three to the beaches, uh, and Griff ended up getting the bigger wave, the bigger combo, and took the win just. But uh, Felipe was scintillating, as you'd expect. Mm. No other surfer on earth can fit as many critical turns into a smaller amount of space all seamlessly flowed than this guy, but I uh, just didn't get the rub with the set. So it was a bit of a disappointing crescendo to the event, given what we'd seen. I'm with you, Vaughn. I reckon we should have held off for the bigger, windier days. I guess for the Wazzle, um, I don't know if it's a financial decision. I know every day that they have the contest structure set up uh, is a serious spend for them, and they just want to wrap it and move on to the next one. But, uh, yeah, a bit of a disappointing mm. finale. Yeah, it was... Uh... <laughs> Just looking at, you know, uh, classic 1990s Huntington Beach style glassy two-footers for, for your big crescendo was just fucking – it, it did pop my balloon a bit, Smithy. But uh, in regards to the final, uh, yeah, Griff had the perfect plan. Perfect plan. I mean, regardless of how how incredibly fucking wizard-like Felipe is in those sorts of conditions – the bigger waves just made the difference, and that's all it really came down to. If Felipe got those those bigger waves, he would have won. And it was just uh, no question that you know that that game plan, courtesy of uh, Tommy Whitaker. No, no, sorry, who's in? Yeah, is Tommy Whitaker Griff's coach? I think so. Yeah, Tommy Whitaker just that was the flawless game plan. Get out there. Don't let him get a wave bigger than you because he'll. It's it's still a small wave. You know what I mean. Mm. So uh, that was just a, a master stroke from the coach, and Griff stuck to the plan perfectly. Uh, and regardless, yeah, you, you know, Phil is the maestro of micro dutsi, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he just couldn't get the judges to raise an eyebrow, Smithy. Mm. Uh, there, there was no. Um, there was no love uh, for those incy-wincy waves, despite the fact he fucking dutched the pieces to smithereens. And, um, yeah, it was basically just a win for the early, let's say, um, early momentum films where almost every wave was in a dead glassy one-foot, you know, Southern Californian heap shit. Jeez, you'd love to be underwater looking at Felipe's board when he's putting those combos together, wouldn't you? It would look like Zorro's sword. He's just going... <laughs> Hey, whiz, he's carving his yeah. like, uh, own initials into the wave. It's fucking yeah. wild and the lines quad. he draws. What a quad. Really? Yeah. I guess that's interesting, yeah, because he was pulling these crazy kind of directional changes like, uh, you know, these backside hits where he'd, he'd be facing the other direction but f- seamlessly click back, find the line and just that's another one. Mm. The swerves to hits to swerve. It was fucking mind And the, the, the minutia, the, the, the kind of just readjustment in these nanosecond smithy. Like, you know, you'd see the board sort of pivot off one rail and then go back onto the other, and his ankles were just in complete control. Never lost. Never lost. It was actually was a far cry from his semi with the Italo. Uh, I thought that was just an odd heat, big time. And... Uh, just to sort of take you back there, um, it was almost like they were terrified of each other. 
uh, instead of going out and really going at it, um, which was, you know, both surfers, those conditions are in their wheelhouse for optimum performance. You know, we've seen every single wave on Italo's Instagram when he's at home is often one foot and he's just doing shit you cannot believe. You know, he's got the nose pick to tail blow down on a whole nother level. He doesn't just throw it sort of 180. He throws it all over the shop. It's inverted. I don't think anyone's got more pop off a one foot wave than Italo Ferreira. Maybe Medina. And and yeah, but Phil is, you know, a faster, more precise surfer in those waves. So I was just going, oh, this, this could be the heat. And they just fell off left, right and center. They didn't know what they were doing. Uh, And, I also noticed that – did you notice this, that Italo, the, the fun is gone. Like, mm. he's gone kind of almost – He's fanning, gone rabo. He's Rabbit. gone fanning cyborg 2009 mm. where the head got shaved to the skin. He was got a sniff of that world title and he just went at it. But I don't know if cyborg, cyborg fits for the showman. Mm. You know, uh, that mentality and focus that Fanning has, the cyborg mentality – just fits like two pieces of a puzzle. It's, it's a perfect synchronicity to sort of elevate what he already has. Whereas the cyborg mentality for someone like Italo, when you're like, you've lost the dreads, you've lost all the, the fun and the showmanship, mm. it can work against you. And mm. uh, and two examples of that in the past would be Gary Elkerson when he went from chest beating, just fucking skits gorilla guy to, uh, you know, the serious Elko who didn't want to be called Kong anymore and who who wanted to try and win a world title. And he ended up with four runners up, you know, it worked against him. Mm. So I, I think sometimes the, uh, the showman just needs to stick to being showman. It's so interesting. Uh, you know, for me, those big those big personality shifts are just part of your twenties as well. Uh, you grow up, uh, you know, cool. in yeah. the first part of your twenties, you're you're fizzing, you're full of energy, you're full of life, you're you're proudly who you are, zany, eclectic. And uh, I actually had this chat with Italo at his birthday uh, in Margs last year. He, I was like, you know, how old are you turning? And he's like, I'm 27. And I said, mate. 27 is an interesting age. You know, it, it's uh, what we call Saturn Returns, and he, he didn't know what Saturn Returns was. And I explained to him, you know, Saturn Returns is a period of life when, uh, you know, on a physiological level, um, your mitochondria is no longer just charged for growth. You don't wake up every day just fizzing, full of optimism, everything's new. Like, that's the period leading up to 27. Beyond that age, your, physio- your physiology changes. Like, and, um, you know, it, it catches a lot of people out. You know, the 27. Club, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jeff Buckley. Um, you know, I think what was where was I don't know how old Amy Winehouse was, but uh, you know, it, that Saturn Returns 27 mm. to 35 is a brutal coming of age period, and it can lead to these kind of you know, you become more serious. Um, you know, the the joy gets replaced by a, a level of stress and anger. Um, he's got it written on the bottom of his board. Uh, I think Rabo is a is a rough translation of rabbit or or angry. And I think you're dead right. I think it's a great observation, Vaughn. Um, he's just lost the fun and and the that that zaniness that was such a winning formula for him. And I think you know a lot of that it can come down to a, a level of self consciousness, changes in the body and in the mind. And if you're not paying a lot of attention, as I wasn't, as many people mm. aren't, um, that that transition can yield really bad uh, attitude and, you know, kind of mental health. And because it's actually just your body changing and because you're not tapped into your body, you're not listening to your body, you don't even notice it. So he could be on the skids a bit low. He, he hasn't surfed well this year. He rocked up in Hawaii looking underdone. Um, and, yeah, Portugal, you know, what – the, the talk before the event was can he be stopped? And he surfed well, obviously making the semis, but yeah, then turning in a bit of a bit of a weird one. So mm. I think he's I think he's on a bit of a weird one, Italo. Yeah, well, he did a, a classic Italo backside full rotator into the flats. That was like you know that's that's the Italo you know and love. Um, but he just couldn't put Phil away, and I just think that the results at the start of the year have rattled him more than more than it's rattled almost. Anyone, maybe aside from Morgs, he'd be probably feeling the most rattled of anyone and, and Owen. But, uh, yeah, I feel like he, he turned up with this event, to this event with a real serious head on, like a really like, okay, fuck, I've, I've you know, enough fun and games, like let's go for it. And it actually just doesn't suit him. It mm. doesn't suit his surfing. It doesn't suit his personality. And I think it's uh, 
it's going to uh, ramp up the pressure coming into these next two open ocean rights. I mean, we know he's a, he's incredible at bells. He's won bells in pretty solid waves against Fanning, which is, you know, no big thing. But it's a different thing when you're surfing with pure intent compared to surfing with the weight of the world on your shoulders mm. that you're heaping on. Mm. Like, no one else is putting pressure on him. He's It's all on himself because he wants to do better. And I think you've touched on it beautifully, mate. If you're going through like, – look, look at the way he has worked his body over the last – Six months in particular, you know, since he's sort of won the the gold medal and been the world champ for a couple of years, and mate, he's ch- he's tuned up like a violin string. He's so tight, like every muscle is just fucking throbbing, mate, throbbing. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a tough one with Italo, and uh, I think he needs to sort of uh, tune into the a little bit of peace, maybe. Well, I think you've got to train the mind every bit as hard as you train the body. And our culture really doesn't celebrate that fact. Mm. does not talk about the fact that the mind, uh, you know, the brain is your CPU. It's the biggest and most important muscle in your body. But no one puts uh, any thought or care into training it most of the time. Mm. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's unsurprising to see that the Zen guys, you know, get the win or the guys who are surfing with love and with their family in mind, you know, transcending the others. Mm. So, anyway. Be interesting to see how he goes during the Aussie League. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get deep on that once uh, we get to Blitz Bills preview wrap. <laughs> Tatiana Western Webb wins the women's. That's her third championship victory. Uh, you know she speaks fluent Portuguese, so there was a bit of hometown energy for her over there at Peniche. Uh, dropped two scores in the excellent range during the event, including an eight in the final, which proved de- decisive. Uh, her technique looks to be getting better. She's unlocking new manoeuvres, um, riding you know, what looks to me like a step up or at least a, a bigger shortboard prototype. Uh, that tail slide, frontside gouge uh, on the final, that was mental. That was like some new school kind of women's surfing. You don't see a heap of those turns going down, especially not from her in the past. Uh, some big frontside nooners to go with what is probably the most consistent backside mm. in women's surfing. Won the final going left, uh, which has tended to be a weakness in the past. Shared up by her husband, Jesse Mendez, another Hawaiian-Brazilian. Are they like, hey, what are the chances of two Hawaiian-Brazilians finding each other? It's uh, like part of some kind of cult. <laughs> it's very bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good result for Tatiana. I think, uh, you know, as we touched on, women's surfing is going through a massive shift right now, generational shift. Um, Carissa still... Looks the most likely, uh, regardless of the fact she uh, hasn't lifted a trophy this year. Three comps in as the defending world champ. Pretty unusual, especially considering her, you know, act at Sunset um, and Pipe. Uh, she finaled there, of course. But, yeah, mate, I just think um, th- there's a statement being made right now by uh, the the crew who have just been the, basically the uh, the beating sticks, the the, the people that, who are basically uh, – just play things for those, as we've said a million times, Smithy. Those women who have just been so greedy, so domineering up at the top of the ranks. Well, guess what? These uh, lower tier surfers have had a gutful and they're coming at you and they're coming hard. I just thought Tatiana surfed really solid is the, the best way to describe it. It was there's nothing too mind-blowing going down in, in this women's event. I uh, don't know if they really got the, the waves to showcase just how far, you know, their, their progression has been coming. But mm. it, it was a bit of a, a, a non-event in some ways uh, as far as women's surfing was concerned. It just it just got the job done. And, and hopefully, you know, once we get to bells and the cutoff line and all that extra pressure starts coming into it, we start to see a bit of a ramp up. Mm. It would have been good to see him in some better conditions. Uh, you know, there was some subtle jabs going around just due to the fact that, you know, even in the early rounds uh, – <laughs> It was windy, you know, it just wasn't clean conditions. It was not ideal. No, they didn't get any of those holidays. Um, And I guess the best conditions were on the final day when it was small and glassy, but not ideal conditions. That said, uh, you know, the lineup at Panish is pretty tricky. I don't know if the women would have been up to surfing it on that six to eight foot day um, or at least to a level that, you know, is a, a worthy broadcast spectacle. That's just, I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. That's, mm. uh, I guess I'm just going on the decision that was made by the WSL not to run them in those days. Um, her run, Tatiana's run, quarters got past the Torquay Titan, India Robinson, semis knocked Chris Moore, and in the final, 
American Lakey Peterson. But, yeah, just looking at the rankings now, you're right, Vaughn. It's dire. Well, it's dire for the Aussies, but uh, Carissa Moore sitting at second without a tour win yet. She's mm. just licking her lips <laughs> in this Australian leg. Um, yeah. It, well, the big one coming into Australia, and, and we'll, we'll get deeper into this next episode, but Steph, Sally, you know, our, our two most successful – and Tyler, sorry um, – all outside the top five is just mind-boggling. Steph and Sally are actually well below the cutoff line. So the the pressure to, to get these next couple of events really work. And they're both previous winners at Bells and Margaret's. Has, has Steph won Margaret's? She must have. Surely. Yeah, I don't know. But Sally certainly has. So, I mean, it's, it's down to two events. And I hope that Sally, you know, can channel some sort of um, – Clutch performance when she hits Australia. She loves surfing in front of a home crowd, so that's a, a big advantage there. But um, Steph, mate, big pressure here. Never, ever been in this position in her career. So how is she going to respond? Uh, also working with Tommy Whitaker, and I think that semi-final performance, it, it showcased that she's up for it. Uh, I think Tom's a fighter, you know, south side of, of the Harbour Bridge in Sydney. A lot of they spread him tough over there, as you know, Smithy. Oh, mate, a lot of sporting pedigree in that family. His brother, Chris Whitaker, was a, a footballing icon. And, uh, yeah, they're just he's got that gritty comp mode, unapologetic, get the win, do what you got to do, surf ugly if you have to, but just get the fucking done. I, I think that's going to play well for, for Steph, big time, coming into Oz, having Tommy in a corner. So, yeah, mate. Uh, dire straits, though, for uh, the Aussies' men's and women's rankings. It's just – it's not what we expected to see. Um, I think top Aussie at the moment is Ethan Ewing. Ewing! And uh, he's flying the flag, but it's it's at half-mast right now, Smithy. Oh, there's a few half-masts getting around the Australian contingent at the moment, I'll tell you, Vaughn. But wasn't it refreshing uh, to see – the, the Changers crew, all the uh, last year's Challenger Series surfers, all together watching every heat, cheering each other on. It was, it was, it's, we called for it, and uh, there was that instant little spark for those guys surfing in this comp. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly because right. uh, it was good to see. It was great to see. But uh, first of all, Vaughn, goat watch. Bit of a roller coaster for the goat this one, but geez, there were some vintage moments in what was ultimately a really solid performance in the kinds of conditions he loves. Filthy fucking cones. Mm. Uh, round one, he lost out to Brazo, Supergrom, Semi Pupo, and Hawaiian Imai Devolt. Tricky side shore conditions, uh, but once it cleaned up and began to but cone. Just, just on that, <laughs> if the goat's ever going to get rattled, surely that was the moment. Because he had. Uh, you know, zero results from something like six or seven starts at Portugal. And here he is finding himself in the elimination heat after a killer start to the year, the pressure in that heat. Do you reckon he was feeling it? Do you reckon the goat is, is one to get rattled in, in those sorts of feelings? Well, in those sorts of uh, moments, I should say. I think so, but I think that it was just such a fortuitous uh, turn of events for the goat where the conditions really turned on for that mm. elimination heat. It started the pit, and he was fortunate to come up against Conor O'Leary and uh, a very little-known uh, Portuguese wildcard. And I always thought, almost no matter what happened in those kinds of conditions, the GOAT was at least going to get second in that heat. And uh, he ended up winning it, uh, which was just a huge boost to his confidence. Classic GOAT uh, knifing a backside double-chamber pit the second the opening hooter went in that elimination heat. Now, nah, you know, that's just going to put a rocket right up here. <laughs> uh, and not only did, did he knife one, but fucking the end section hit on that thing. Remember that, Vaughn? Mm. Just, mm. Uh, you know, he's basically in the pit iron off that section. If you, I feel like if he was on a 6.4 uh, or some kind of bigger piece of equipment, he would have fully just glued it to the lip line and stuck that thing. But, uh, yeah, the theatre of it was just immense. A 7-3-3 straight off the bat. Pow! Blam! Cop that Groms. Backed it up with a mid-five for the win. A good heat for the GOAT. And I feel like that, that heat was so important, like you said, Vaughn, just to establish a bit of rhythm. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, you know, from there it just built into a, a really classic GOAT performance that for a moment there looked like the unthinkable was going to happen and, and he was potentially going to go all the way. Uh, the round three heat, we discussed that with Kiowa Belly. Uh, I mean, this was one of the heats of the event. Um, you know, just – and it was a win to really hang his hat on, beating mm. the ever-present 
ultra gritty Brazilian overachiever, Caio. Uh, he opened up a, a 6-4 for an acute backside pit and then the piece de resistance, a filthy deep chamber, punched through a square section, big foam ball, big spit, closed out, mm. uh, kind of just fucking caught the lip in the face as he was trying to kind of straighten out. He had like a bit of a question mark over whether to pack the next bit or just uh, run with the bag of points. But, uh, yeah, just copped one in the head. It was a question whether it was a make or not. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts on it was. You know, the judges was, said yes. I'll agree with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a 50-50 call. But uh, if I'm going to use the Italo backside air at Narrabeen as a bit of a precedent, like Kelly came out, doubles thought about what to do, didn't really ride out clean at all. Like there was no clean make there. He kind of was in two minds. And with the Italo one, it was the same sort of thing. Like, who stood up the longest after they had completed that turn? Mm. And Italo did by a mile. He's mm. still patting the dog and, you know, on the back of the wave trying to pump it into the shore. Kelly had no chance. He got shut down. So, a little bit unfortunate for Kyo. But at the end of the day, mate, it was, like you say, it was a, just a full-blown new gay. And uh, he... He, he did well to get the win, and then by that stage, even in his mind, he was like, yes, all right, I'm through that one. That was the one. That, that was, was the heat he, he desperately needed, and now he's set up his whole year because from this point forward, it just it's all Kelly. It fits into his wheelhouse so beautifully. Let's just quickly touch on that wave that Kyo blew because, yeah, he didn't get the rub on that score with Slater, but then he got the opportunity to win the heat on the very mm. next wave, and I'm not exactly sure what happened there because it was a fucking – Absolute meat grinder, just thick and spat harder than anything I saw. Peter Mel shrieked like a teenage schoolgirl on the broadcast. Uh, and, but I, I don't know what happened there. He looked to be in the perfect spot. I can only imagine that the backdraft got him because, uh, you know, he just couldn't have been in a better position to make it. And when they go that round, the backdraft is intense and you can find yourself, you know, pumping basically into a vacuum, which changes the whole deal. Yeah. Um, you know, you're in the perfect spot, but suddenly you just lose all your momentum because all the air is rushing back in at ya, doesn't make it. The thing blows out. Uh, but Kyo, typical of who this kid is, you know, he drops a crazy deep chamber on the buzzer. It was a bit on the smaller side of the equation, but, yeah, he was just impossibly deep. Two pumps, like, mm. as the lips folding over him, makes it uh, just short of the number. Incredible heat, one of the best of the event. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that you, you bang on. It was either backdraft or a bottom out. It just went so square, and uh, he probably just, you know, basically went straight down. But... The little tube at the end, I was still going, whoo, he might have pulled something off here. It was, it was, it was an unlikely pit, wasn't it? Unlikely. It just kept running for him. That was the good one. It was a classic goat v. goat. It was almost goat 2000 and what was the white wedding years? Was that sort of uh, 2004, 2005, something like that? Goat must have paddled out and gone, hang on a minute. Like just looking at himself back in time, especially with that little finish. That was a, a goat classic. But, um, yeah, look, Kaio came in smiling. He looked like he was kind of happy to have surfed a, a good heat. And as we've said many, many times on this, uh, and as Taj Burrow always says, you know, if you, if you get out there and you fucking give it what for, you, you don't really come in too devo when you, it's been that close. You've surfed your best. I think you'll probably watch footage of that, uh, that big right, and it would be less that he didn't make it and more that he was just a touch too deep. Mm-hmm. That's right, Vaughan. And moving on, round four, Griffin Colapinto, uh, as we discussed, very nearly got him. You know, Griffin, the eventual event winner, and the GOAT uh, just similar to Kyo, slightly out of position on what was essentially the heat winner, a full-blown synapse melter of a pit that looked like backdoor. Um, two strokes wider, and he's coming flying out of that thing and straight into a gold leader's jersey. As it is, still second in the world, Vaughan. Can you believe it? Heading to Australia, um, you know, as long as it's barreling or big waves that force the kids to put away their new school kit bag, he's going to be there and thereabouts. Bells and Margs suit his skill sets. Not his favourite wave, Margs, but, you know, it suits the the abilities that he's got at this stage of his career. Um, I'll tell you, it's pretty fucking rattling to look at the fact that he is a very realistic world title for uh, chance if he can get a couple of solid results in Bells and Margs, which is very foreseeable, and then head to G-Land Vaughan. Wow. Bells, Margs, G-Land, J-Bay, Chopes. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mountain. And the goat loves mountains, mate. All goats do. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a beautiful-looking uh, vista from where the goat sits right now. I think uh, Portugal 
and Sunset would have been the two events he was looking at at the start of the year going, ah, oh, fuck, this, this, is, this is where it could all become unpeeled. But on the back of getting that win at Pipe, he set himself up beautifully. Sunset, it, it brought him undone as it always does. And then to get this result of Portugal, he, he, he's, he can really relax into the Aussie leg now. And I think we'll see some of the best surfing ever from him. And Smivy, uh, world exclusive, dropping it right now, mate. Ain't That Swell Live has been trying to get a WA for three years. We've we've had to postpone shows. We've had crew over there um, who have had tickets, you know, put them on ice, probably sitting in their freezers right now next to their abalone and their stolen fucking lobbies or whatever else they're pulling out of the sea. <laughs> well, guess what? We're going, mate. We're heading over. And guess what? We've got the goat. The goat will be featured at our Margaret River show. So fucking how about that, WA? We've come through with the goods. The goat will be there. Respect to the WA Core Lords. You know, just absolutely paying back all the faith they've put in us. Hold on to that 50-buck ticket, mate. Well played. It's mm-hmm. an investment egg, an investment in the future, an investment in good times and shenanigans. going to be very hamad. Warm this week. We're putting the spotlight on the Anzacs. Uh, there's some good news and some bad news out of the Aussie camp. The good news first, the rookies are flying the flag for the Anzac Brigade at the moment, uh, surfing with plenty of heart, plenty of grit. Uh, plenty of the like. I thought in the performances in the men's side of the draw from Wacko Jacko Baker, the Carnival Strongman, and Callum Robson. Uh, you know, round of 16, both made the, the round of 16 there. Uh, Jacko beaten by Kolohe, but a solid performance, and he surfed one of the waves of the event in what I believe is his career best finish. That pit to Cherio to cut to fucking swerve and merv and meat hack to end section clobber was one of the uh, <laughs> most entertaining waves of the event. Had the commentary team in stitches, had the crew on the beach in in stitches. I was spitting chunks at me, Wardell Pie at the screen. It was Yeah, mental. mate. Yeah. As soon as I saw that little claim, the little shucker back to back into the tube as he came out, I was like, here's a bloke who is loving every second of this. Like, and that is contagious, man. Morgs had it last year. Jacko's got it this year. Cal's on a, on a tear too, and we'll get to him. But, geez, that was fun to watch. And, and uh, there's – every heat comes with its own uh, level of stress, right? You, you, you're paddling out. Your career's on the line. There's the cutoff line is ever-present in the back of everyone's brains now. Uh, for the guys who want to chase world titles, it's all about the top five. So there's very few people getting out there and just letting it all hang out and having a blast and just – and actually, uh, you know – translating that, like really yelling it out. And and Jacko's just body language. How good is it? How much is he just loving life on the on the top tour, on the top tier? How good is the view from the top for the Carnival Strongman? It's incredible. He's absolutely ripping in the uh, Merryweather magician. And the more I think about it, you know, being a rookie in that environment, being up against such big names, you know, surfing, it's an interesting competitive dynamic, uh, you know, oh, it's like a almost similar to tennis in some respects. It's just mano a mano. Uh, but the more I think about it, I'll just be blocking out that person. Just, just they don't exist. They're just a fucking black moving shape in the water that I have to just move, maneuver around. And mm. I feel like Jacko's doing that. It doesn't matter who he's up against. He's just surfing his own heat. Uh, he's in his own little world. Fucking cheerio to the cone. Swerving Mervyn <laughs> Meat Hacker and Section Clobber. Wave of the event, in my opinion. What a madman. And uh, a big shout out to Callum Robson, you know, surfing for his besieged hometown, Evans Head, during the event, which was underwater at the time. Incredibly rattling up here in the Northern Rivers. I can't imagine how difficult it would have been for Callum. Uh, donated 20% of his winnings to flood relief. Legend. Made the round of, so- round of 16, a very solid performance. Uh, and and I- he's not the guy who's sitting on a pile of money. No, he's got no sticker on his board. He's absolutely uh, just channeling that gritty Aussie spirit. A fucking massive shout out to Callum. Uh, You know, I know he'd be listening and he's making us very proud. You know, I'm watching. uh, He's given us something to watch in those early rounds. I'm watching them as intently, if not more, as as any heat in the comp. It's it's been an absolute boon for for Australian surf fans to watch the Anzac Brigade. Agreed. The rookies have a swing. For sure. And uh, India Robertson, a big shout-out to her too. She just continues to keep keep, keep giving it the fucking muscle. Like, Mm. that's what I love. She's paddling out, unrattleable. Uh, Isabella Nichols is having a really good season in a a year for the Australian women that isn't going to plan, but she's, she's looking sharp, Smivy. I'm loving the release out of her top turns. 
Looks like she's matured a lot. Doesn't look like a little grom out there anymore. Um, I think that the Aussie women are going to start, you know, they'll, they'll start coming good. But I have to say, it'll be because of the camaraderie. Like, if, if they can stick together like they did in Portugal, that will that will build a momentum. That will build a bit of an avalanche of, of confidence and, uh, and team mentality that will yield results. Uh, it, Portugal was the first time since the Challenger Series we've seen them all in a group, men and women, cheering each other on. And, and look how that fed into Jacko's performance. He knew he was doing it for more than just himself, uh, as, he, as most of these guys are because they are battlers from these you know, little hometowns that have supported him to get there. Mm. But having that energy on the beach where you can hear it and you know that they're getting off on it, like that lifts you. It's massive. And so I want to see and I, I hope that we do see more of it during the Aussie League. 100%. If there's one thing I've learned from this whole flood relief effort, uh, you know, just ripping in for days on end with every man and his dog and woman and his dog, her dog, uh, it's that you're fucking nothing without your community. You are. It's night and day between being one out and being surrounded by uh, people similar to yourself ripping in. So I hope the uh, Australians over there, well, they'll be coming back here where they're going to be in the middle of their community. But I really do hope that they can keep that core uh, contingent together throughout the events and just being each other's corner. I think it just... I think it's undeniable. That uh, it's an e- e- epic thing to work, watch, and it's a, it fully works. The bad news, it still wasn't enough to get an Aussie into the top five on the women's, uh, and it's a similar story on the men's with no Aussies in the top ten, although there is a big cluster within striking distance, including Ethan Ewing, Ewing. Connor O'Leary, Callum Robson and Jack Robbo, in that order, taking up 14th, 15th and 18th spots, respectively. But geez, Vorno, some of our big hopes are tanking at the moment. Morgs, Arkal, and the Big O all equal 31st, dead last, looking long odds to make the cuts and get the G-Land. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, well, Arkal, he's got a, a little bit of an excuse with the broken hand missing the first event of the year. But Owen and Morgs, uh, they, they'd be feeling it. Owen's just signed up with Rip Curl for another three years. So he's uh, he's got that uh, sort of, I guess, pressure off him a little bit uh into you know whenever you've got contract negotiations on the table and you're trying to figure out what's going on at the exact same time as you're trying to compete in these you know fucking career defining events you just you, you, you're just adding unnecessary pressure so uh relief there for the big o but 31 man bells he rips out there he really does i, I think that him and morgs they've just got to stop thinking it just looks like a lot of surfing with with uh, uh, too much brain involved. Uh, we know that Morgs is at his best when he's just going at it. Like, see the lip, attack it. That's that's as simple as it needs to be. Does it doesn't have to be about any other thing for Morgs and for Oh. It, I think it's just about rhythm. It just you know he started the first heat of the entire year he was in, and he got one of the the great waves uh, that that really was the firing gun for for that incredible pipe contest, but. It's just been downhill since then for, for the big O. So come on, O. Come on, Morgs. Come on, Arkel. Get it up, boys. Get it up because we want to see. Get it up off the half mast. All three of you. Mast. Stand proud. At G Land. At G Land comp without Ryan Callan and Owen Wright. Oh. It, it just, oh, it, it makes you shrivel. Yeah. At this level, confidence is the difference. I mean, all of these guys are there and thereabouts uh, in terms of ability. As we saw, you know, Morgs in the top five last year, dead last this year. Confidence, however, is one of the hardest things to generate. Uh, you know, even Slater, when we had him on the podcast, that this was one of the questions we put to him, you know, how do you generate the confidence, especially going into the, the pointy end of heats? And his response was that, in fact, like in the early days of his career and in the best days of his career, he was journaling what was going down in heats That's um, right. prior mm-hmm. to heats. Like he was he was so aware of of how important it was to be able to generate a, a formula and a mental state in surfing, you know, to go along with your abilities. Mm. And it's so hard. I don't know. It's, it's you're so right, Vaughn. Like these guys are surfing with too much brain. The, the confidence is low and they just do not look themselves and, and they'll be not feeling themselves right now. So how you generate confidence, I mean, Again, it comes back to training the mind, I think. Arkel, there's no one with a stronger mind than him and there's no one who puts more time into the mind than him. Um, I can only imagine it is just that injury that's holding him back at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the formula is for 
for those guys to get their confidence up, but they need to figure out what it is in quick. Mm. All right, Paul, nah, that's pretty much a wrap. We head to Bells next. Uh, have you got some predictions for there? Mate, uh, my prediction is pain, motherfucker. Pain is coming. It's coming. The cut line is coming like a fucking tsunami, my friend, and it is going to wash away dreams like you cannot believe. Uh... I think the world title race will really take a back seat to just how fascinating this this cutoff line is going to be. Uh, it'll be all eyes on the tail end of the ratings and it'll be all eyes on some of the big names who are down there. Your Steph Gilmores, your Sally Fitzgibbons, your Owen Wrights, uh, Morgs, of course, who's just a cult hero heading into Australia. Like He'll feed on that Aussie energy for sure. Uh, we'll try and manufacture some for him as well. But this is, this is a new... Uh, experience for us, Smith, because the, the the first halfway cutoff, it was during a fairly convoluted time. I think, uh, you know, it was just, it was so hard to ex- to understand. We've got really clear idea of what people are going to need and how it's going to go down. Who rings the bell is way less interesting to me to who gets over that line. That's a good point. Are you expecting any, uh, you know, Bobby Martinez resurrections? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> someone fucking fizzes out and just has a full-blown <laughs> snappage. Uh, Freddie Patachio, of course, in the intro to Ain't That Swell. He has an absolute beauty about uh, Owen Ray Balls being gargled down the judges' mouths or something. <laughs> no, he was actually the beach commentators. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Binzi was gargling Owen's balls. <laughs> <laughs> Try and fit those things in your mouth. Crikey! <laughs> Got my Chinese worry balls. Talk about getting the, getting the mind in state. Don't worry about juggling them in your hands. Just get a couple of the big O silver oh. medallions in your gulp. Yeah, mate. Oh, look, uh, it's going to be a great Aussie leg. And uh, we'll be there, Smithy. We'll be there in Torquay with Mick Fanning. We'll be there in uh, Margaret's with Kelly Slater live for our tour. Tickets on sale Monday. Keep an eye on that, Swillians. You've been listening to Blitzed. And ain't that swell, pro-surfing sponge bar.